Um, who likes to travel around here? Hands up. Yep, a few people. I've um, developed an addiction to travel over the last couple of years since we got married. Gina and I, I think, have been out of the country, what would it be, a dozen times in three years? Probably up there, eh? Australia, Europe, America, Vietnam, Argentina, Fiji, soon to be Vanuatu. Um, really exciting times, right? And, and I have developed just a distinct love of travel to the point now when I get back into the country after coming, you know, being away for a week, the very next thing I want to do is go and book my next holiday. And so our credit card takes a hammering when we're overseas and then we come back and it's like, right, where's some cheap flights? We're going to go away again. I don't know if anyone associates with that, but um, man, it's just addiction. I talked about addiction a few weeks ago. I need to break that off my life. Um, <laughs> but it's good. Um, and I really enjoy traveling and I enjoy going and seeing all this stuff. And, and one thing I know that, or I like when we went through Italy a few years ago, that in New Zealand we don't know what history is because you go and you see these buildings that have been there for thousands of years. They're like pre-zero AD, you know, like they're real, real old. And you see this stuff and it blows your mind. I think the oldest thing in New Zealand is probably a couple of hundred years old. You know, oh man, that's old, that's history in New Zealand. But you go to, to Europe, you go to America and you see what history actually is and, and it blows my mind. And, and one of the things I've, I've seen when we travel is every now and then you'll see something that looks decidedly abandoned, right? You'll see... Um, some ruins or a random bit of concrete off in a field somewhere. And you can even see some of that in New Zealand down the Waikato. See like an old bridge pier or something exciting like that made out of concrete all alone in the middle of a, a field, um, slightly overgrown. And you sort of every now and then when you're, you're out and about, and, and I've done this once or twice, you sit there and go, I wonder what that was there for. And you can, you can see it sometimes in old buildings. You see like a door that serves no purpose anymore. You know, there must have been something on the other side of it at some point, but not anymore. They've taken the little bridge or the deck away from the outside, you know, and it's just a door to nothing now. Or there might be a vent <laughs> or a switch. And it's like, why is it there? And like, I don't know. I go into old hotels for work and you see um, like weird things in the bathroom. I think they might have used them for drying your clothes back in the day. You pull a little cable out and you're like, why is it even there? And, and a lot of this sort of stuff speaks to me about back in the day when they, they put these things in, whether it's an old bridge or um, you know, a door in a wall or whatever, it speaks to me of this, it speaks to me of that the people that did it in the first place had a plan, they had an intention for what was going to happen. Um, but then as time's gone on, things have changed and that thing's actually useless. And, and the, the usefulness of it has passed and now it just sits there and it's a relic and it, and it doesn't serve anything anymore, it's just there. Um, and, and I feel like for us, sometimes that's the same in our lives, in that we build plans about what we want to do with the best intentions and the brightest ideas and God in mind, um, and then after a while, they get left behind, and the things that we thought we were going to do sort of end up just gathering dust and being a relic because actually things have changed and time's moved on and that sort of stuff. And, and I want to talk to us about plans this morning. Um, about what our plans are and what we're anticipating on doing and what we're anticipating building. Um, because I really feel like God has um, put something on my heart. He's, he showed me something probably a couple of months ago now about plans that I feel like it was really pertinent, it's really important for us to grasp. Um, and and I'm, I'm pumped to, to share this message with you this morning. The real good bit's at the end. I can't just go straight to the end, so you're going to have to listen for a little bit um, to get the other bit, the, the build-up to it. But the bit at the end is the bit that got me. And, and I really reckon that God wants to do something in all of us this morning, not just as individuals, but as a church. Um, and I think it's going to be real good. So I'm going to pray, 
Then we're going to talk about the Bible a bit, um, and then we'll get to the end. And I, I'm really believing that God's going to actually engage with us this morning in a personal way, which I'm excited about. So let's pray. Why don't you stand up while we pray? Um, and it will be good. Is anyone excited? Anyone nervous? Who likes coming to church and they're realizing that actually it might get a little bit personal this morning? You're like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Well, it's Sunday. That's what we do. Right, let's pray. God, I thank you so much. God, that you would, yeah, come down and save us and rescue us and, and love us and care for us and be here this morning, God. And God, it's humbling that you let me come this morning and speak to your people. But God, I pray that you use um, the things that you've laid on my heart and, and me to bring your word across into every heart in this place this morning. God, that, yeah, it wouldn't just be words, it wouldn't just be stories, but God, we'd be meeting with you this morning, that you'd speak to us and that you'd change us, you'd challenge us, God, that you'd lead us forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. Right, so the title of my message is called Plans. I don't have any slides on the projector. I don't have any Bible verses that are going to pop up, so you might have to get your own Bible out today. Sorry if you didn't bring your Bible. Bring a Bible to church. It's all good. Um, everyone say plans. Plans. Um, I think that Jeremiah 29.11 would probably be the most iconic Bible verse in the Bible about plans. And there's a few people shaking their heads saying, yes, everyone knows Jeremiah 29, 11. Yes, I'll read it for you so I get it right. But it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Right? And different translations spin it slightly differently. Some talk about prospering and all this sort of stuff. But essentially, the guts of it's the same, that God's got plans for you and they're good plans um, and it's a good thing, Right? Um, and, and it's quite interesting because um, I, I was reading up on Jeremiah 29 um, as I prepared for this message, and I came to this crushing realization that Jeremiah 29:11 sits in the middle of a chapter that's not actually a very good story. Has anyone ever read Jeremiah 29 and Jeremiah 28 and Jeremiah 30? And you get when you read those three chapters, you actually understand that what's going on when we get to Jeremiah 29-11 is not actually a great time. It's not a party time. It's, it's actually a really harsh time. And what's happened is that the Israelites, um, there's a bunch of them being exiled out of Jerusalem and they're put into captivity because what's happened is they've actually disobeyed God's word. He said, I want you to do this. I want you to live this way. And they turned their backs on it and went the other way and they were put into exile. Right, so there's these people that were God's chosen people. He'd given them a real clear way to live. And instead of doing that, they'd gone off and done their own thing. And it got to the point where he said, God has to say to them, enough, get out of here. And he puts them in this actually horrific situation. It's not like a nice, cozy place to live. It's actually really, really hard. Um, and, and bad things happen to them. And, and it's sort of interesting because you look at it and you go, for these people... They were living their life. They probably had plans about what they were going to do with their life. They had ideas about how it was going to go. And I would imagine that for some of them, they found themselves in exile going, how did I end up here? Like, what went wrong? Like, I had it planned out. I was going to um, go to uni. I was going to buy a car. I was going to get married. We are going to buy a house. We might travel to see the world. And then all of a sudden, I'm way off in the distance here in exile, not really where I thought I was going to be. Like, what happened? What went wrong? And I think like that's the same for us sometimes in our lives, right? We have a plan, we have an idea about how things are going to play out. So if I do this, if I work hard at that, if I hang out with those people, then I'm going to end up over there, and, and it's all going to be good. 
But it doesn't always work like that, right? Anyone feeling it? Yeah? Everyone's like, man, sometimes the things that I've laid out for my life haven't quite eventuated that way. Um, I really don't understand it. But this is what happens in, in, in Jeremiah. And these people, that they're trapped in sort of devastating exile. And if you read in verse 30, it's talking about guys with like big guts, like they're pregnant. And, and my understanding of that is because they're starving, right? It's not because they're pregnant, it's because they're starving. And it's, that's, it's a bad time, right? And God put his people into this horrific situation. And yet in the middle of it, we find this verse that says, For I know the plans I have for you. Their plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And I guess the, the very first thing I want to say to you this morning about plans is we need to make sure that we make plans in accordance with God's will, right? And I think if, we've got, if we take one thing straight away out of this whole um, bit of the, the Bible is that the people did not really take God's plans for their life. They went off and did their own thing and, and the rest is sort of history, right? They sort of ended up away from where God intended them to be doing um, things that they probably didn't really want to be doing. That's all right. So I want to I just share a couple of things with you this morning that, that, uh, and the rest of Jeremiah 29, around that verse of 29, 11, and Jeremiah 29 that we can take as lessons for us when it comes to God's plans, right? Because I think um, the rest of Jeremiah 29, although these pe- God's people are in exile and it's a horrible situation, and, and I don't think for a second God wanted to put them in that, that place, but he had no choice because they just wouldn't go his way, um, there's some amazing stuff in there like absolutely incredible things. And I want to just show some of it to you this morning and, and hopefully it encourages you in whatever you're going through. Um, hopefully if you're sitting here and you're like, man, my plans aren't working out how I want, then hopefully it gives you a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of light about how God wants to jump into your life and do something new. Um, but I just want to share a couple of things with you about that this morning. The first one is this, time. Everyone say time. Time. In uh, Jeremiah 29.10 it says this. It says, this is what the Lord says. You'll be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I've promised, and I'll bring you home again. The very first thing we need to understand this morning is that um, God's plans will take time to come through, right? Especially if we've sort of like maybe put a few obstacles in the way, like doing our own thing for a while. Like he has to maybe rearrange the playing deck a little bit, you know, shuffle things around so it works out again. But in, in, in this bit of scripture, God's saying 70 years. Now the reality is for the exiles here, this is probably a bit sad, the reality is for these exiles, they're probably going to be dead in 70 years' time because they, the, the letter was to the elders and that. It wasn't to the young people, it was to the old people. They're probably not going to see those promises play out, but we know that God's promises are true and his word's true and that he'll still work it out in eternity, right? But the reality is for us today, if we don't take a lesson away, is that we can put our hand up and say, God, I want to see your plans play out for my life, but the reality is, is that it may not necessarily happen in the timing that we would like. See, I have, I have plans for my life. I want to move out of Tuako. Can anyone relate to that idea? Anyone that lives in Tuako? You're like, no, no, no. Okay, well, I'm on my own. You guys can stay there. Anyone buy a house? It's, it's slightly used, but it's good. Um, I want to move out of Tuako. Me and Gina have decided that at some point we want to move out of Tuako, maybe a little bit closer to the city, so shave like 10, 15, 20, half an hour off my drive to work. It'll be a great time. The reality is for me is that I would love to go and do that like tomorrow. I'd love to bring up a real estate agent and say, got a house to sell, can you find me one that's got, you know, certain number of bedrooms in this sort of area, and go do it. But what I've had to accept, and I think Gina's had to accept it as well, she's probably faster at it than I am, is that the timing of that particular move is not going to be necessarily on our timing, it's going to be on God's timing. 
that at his time, he was like, the doors will open, an opportunity will arise, and we'll be able to go and do it. Um, now, that's not necessarily a fun thing for me, because I want to get out of there, because it adds like at least 10 minutes to get to Bombay, and then another 10 minutes to get to Drury, and it's just, oh, so long. It's not necessarily fun, it's not necessarily a good time, but in the background, I know that God's working away, and then at his timing, the plan will come to fruition, right? And it's the same as the thing that we're seeing here in Jeremiah 29.10, is that God's saying that in my time, when I'm ready, I'm going to come through for your plans. And I want that to be an encouragement to you this morning as you may be sitting there looking at your plans going, when is this going to happen? Why has it not happened yet? God, I need you to come through. I need you to do something for me here. I'm really desperate for this. But God will come in his timing. And there's something I've learned along the years is that his timing is perfect, right? It may, may seem late to you. It may seem at the very, very last minute. But his timing is perfect and it will be in time. And it's a good thing to be excited about. It's like you, you might go for a bit of a journey to get there, but at the right moment, God's going to come through and he's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. He's going to come through on his promises, right? Everyone say time. Time is good. Okay, the second thing, the second thing this morning is waiting. Everyone say waiting. Waiting. Who likes waiting for stuff? No, no, not at all. We had an unfortunate um, incident we had the privilege of going to Hillsong Conference two weeks ago, and we had an unfortunate incident, and we were trying to catch a very cheap flight early in the morning um, on a Chilean airline, um, and nothing against Chileans, they're lovely people, but the airline, whoo, not so good. Uh, and we, we um, got together, our group of five people, got to the car park, I think it was like five o'clock in the morning, got the shuttle through from the car park through to the airport terminal, as you do, and we walked into the airport terminal and looked up at the, the departures board, and there's our flight, LA801, from Auckland to Sydney, on Isla Tam, cancelado. You're like, I wonder what that means. <laughs> and it translates from Spanish to English, cancelled. You're like, you what? <laughs> like, cancelled? It's five o'clock in the morning. You've cancelled my flight? That's not cool. <laughs> and, and fortunately, um, being professionals, they booked us on another flight later in the afternoon, like on an Emirates flight, and it was a good time. But we had to kill like seven hours that were unplanned, right? We had to wait for a long time for our flight to Australia to come through. And I think waiting is something that, um, it's an acquired taste. I don't really like waiting for anything. But, but it's something that we, we can learn from uh, in this bit in Jeremiah as well. It says in Jeremiah, um, God gave his people a bit of a steer about what to do while they waited. So he says, 70 years, it's not that long. Just chillax. You've got a bit of time to kill. Here's what I want you to do while you're waiting. Build houses and live in them, and plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may be your sons and daughters, and multiply there, and do not decrease. And this is my favorite bit. This is my real, real favorite bit. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have welfare. So God says, you're here in exile, you didn't follow my plans, but that's all right, my plans are still going to work out, my promises are still going to work out. In the interim, while you're waiting, I want you to get on and keep on doing what you should be doing anyway, which is prospering the city that you're living in, becoming a part of the fabric and changing it for the better. Right, and that's our call as Christians, right? And, and, and this is a challenge for all of us this morning. And say, I've got plans. I know that God's got something in the future for me that's bigger than what I'm doing now. That's great. But in the moment where I am here right now, he's calling me not to sit back and wait and keep my garden tidy, but he's saying to 
Seek the welfare of the city where I have been sent into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have welfare. Now you might be sitting here this morning and going, I'm pretty comfy where I'm at, but God's actually asking you to do more. He's actually asking you to get up and go out and do something for the, the welfare of Pukekohe, for the welfare of Tuakau, of Waiuku, Clarks Beach, Drury, Papakura, wherever it is you come from. He's actually calling us not to, to sit waiting for our plan and do nothing. He's not, he's not saying sit back and wait because I've got my plan coming from you. He's like, my plan's coming for you in the interim, in the waiting room, while you're waiting for your flight to Australia, I want you to get on and do something that's going to be good for you and the people around you. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to get on and do life. I'm getting you to, uh, um, to not sit back and wait and stop doing stuff, but actually to go forward regardless of, of what's happening and the promises that are yet to be fulfilled. Right here, right now, get on and do something, right? And I think that's a challenge for us this morning, and, and it may be for you personally, and it may be for us as a church that we know there's good stuff coming, right? Anyone believe that there's good stuff coming for your life? That God's got, there's a few people, not quite everyone. That's a little bit alarming. You know, God actually has good stuff in store for you. He has promises for you. Yeah? If you feel, yeah, yeah, yeah. God's going to do that for you, right? It's going to come. He says that he, he keeps his promises, right? He says he's going to come through on his promises in time. In the waiting room right here, right now, you and I need to get up and get on and do something, right? We need to be seeking the welfare of the city we're living in. And it doesn't just bless the city that we're in, it blesses us as well, right? And you know, the thing that, that um, when I was reading this, it just jumped out at me, is this actually lines up so well with some other scriptures that we've been talking about in youth this year, which is about going out and being light and shining light into all the darkness and bringing God's light to bear on situations in people's worlds, right? This is like, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to get saved and we're supposed to go out, right? And it's regardless of any long-term plans that God may have for your life. It may be that he wants you to raise up a massive ministry to reach orphaned kids. It may mean that uh, he, he may have a plan for you to go out and, and write beautiful music. It may be that he's got a plan for you to go out and build a business that changes the world with disruptive technology. I don't know. But before you get to that point, God's actually saying, in this waiting room, in this time of waiting, in this time of preparation, before my promises are fulfilled and before my plans are fully played out for you, I want you to get on in the city you're in and do something to help it out. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. I feel like it's challenging, right? Anyone? Anyone? A few people. This is good. Okay. There's a few people need to get excited about Jesus this morning, I tell you. It's not something to be afraid of, though. It's something to be excited about that no matter where you are, no matter what you're up to, God actually wants you to be doing something now. He wants to use you now. He's not waiting for something else to happen, but now get on and do something. Waiting. And the third thing I've got to say about Jeremiah 29 is beyond. Everyone say beyond. Beyond. Um, I don't know if anyone else is like this, but um, I regularly get caught out by my own lack of understanding about stuff. Anyone um, associate with that? Yes. I, I had a um, change in my job in the last couple of months, and all of a sudden I'm being exposed, instead of with people at my own level in the organisation, I'm being exposed to like our senior managers and our general managers and that, and that sort of stuff. And they're, they're operating at another level of management from what I've ever been exposed to, right? And a number of times I've sat down to have a conversation where I thought I knew what was going on, right? I've been in our business 10 years, I thought I knew where it's at. I sit down and have a conversation with them and I get schooled, like I get educated, I find out how little I understand. 
about the bigger picture, right? That my little world, my little worldview on what's been happening is actually not the whole picture. It's not the whole story. And, and it's, a, it's a bit of a, a mind bender to realize that actually what I thought was possible and what I thought was happening is nothing. It's inconsequential, really, inside of the bigger picture. We had, like I said, the privilege of going to Hillsong Conference in Australia a few weeks back, and, and um, you know, like, going over, we're like, well, for me, I don't think the others in our group were like this, but for me, I was like, this is cool. I'm really keen to go along and see that and hopefully learn some stuff to bring back to Pukukau. I think we're pretty good, but, you know, we'll, we'll probably learn something from Hillsong Conference. Um, but going over there and hearing these, these preachers from... Um, I guess world-changing churches. They're large churches, yes, but they're also churches that are impacting the world around them. Um, And just their understanding of who God is and uh, their understanding of what he's wanting the church to do and how we can change the world for God through, you know, different things, engaging with the community, and that blew my mind. And it schooled me. It brought me crashing back down to reality. And actually, Dave, you've got a lot to learn still. Like a lot. Not even a little bit. But a lot, and and to bring that back to plans and what God wants to do with us, we have to understand that actually what God wants to do is bigger than what we may have planned on doing, right? And so you can sit back and you can have dreams, and you should have dreams, and you can make plans, and you should make plans. But at the end of the day, God wants to do something that's beyond what we can ever imagine for our lives, right? And so I think sometimes we do Christianity, we think, I've got plans, I'm going to do this. But actually God's sitting, saying to you, actually, I've got something bigger in store for you than what you thought was possible. And that may be, I don't know, a word for someone, that actually the reason that you haven't necessarily seen what you thought was going to happen yet is actually because God's got something bigger, something way better, something more extreme than you thought he could do. And he's just got you in the waiting room while you work it out. So he's got you here, doing some stuff to help your city. He's giving you a bit of time to cool your heels, to work it out. But actually, he's got something bigger and more massive and more extreme and more life-changing, more world-revolutionizing than you thought was, was ever going to be possible with little old me. But actually, he's got something massive in store for you. Something massive. I'm not saying plans are bad this morning. Don't get me wrong. I think plans are fantastic. You should make plans. But I feel like sometimes we need to realize that actually what God wants to do in us is bigger, is more amazing, it's more special, it's just like world-blowingly awesome, it's disruptive, whatever you want to call it. That God wants to do stuff in our lives. And so to wrap all that up, we're saying that the, 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 the Israelites, they were in Jerusalem. They were uh, not in Jerusalem, sorry. They were out of Jerusalem. They were in exile. Um, and I'm not saying that you're in exile this morning. I'm just saying there's some things we can learn that God's plans will take time to come around, right? That even though his plans are taking time to come around, there's still stuff for us to do. We've still got to be busy, right? We've still got to be going out and changing the world. And also, then when we start talking about God's plans, it's going to be beyond us. It's going to be bigger, more mind-blowing than what we thought was possible. And I want to read you something um, just to finish off. And it's a, it's a little... Uh, bit by this guy called Francis Chan. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of a guy called Francis Chan. Um, he's American. I think he's American, eh? He's a good guy. And he starts off with a, a verse um, from 1 Corinthians 12, 11. And it says this, It is the same and only Holy Spirit who gives all these gifts and powers, deciding which each one of us should have. And 
don't get distracted because that's talking about the Holy Spirit. We're focusing on the last bit, deciding which each one of us should have. And I'm just going to read you this little bit and I'm going to talk a little bit more. This is an important reminder of who is in control. Just as we don't get to choose which gifts are given, so also we don't get to choose what God intends for us or for the church. The Spirit has a plan for our lives, for each of us, and he has a plan for the church, including your individual church body and the worldwide body of Christ. And this is a bit that got me, and, and I just invite you to close your eyes for the, a moment and just start to pray and think about this, because I reckon that God will want to speak to you through this, is what he spoke to me through. If you are like me, you probably have a plan for your own life for your church, and maybe even the larger body of Christ. But that's why we all desperately need to pray, as Christ did, not my will, but yours be done. We all desperately need to pray, as Christ did, not my will, but yours be done. See, the Jerusalems, the Jerusalems, the Israelites found themselves in exile because it was their will, not God's will being done. And they found them, themselves in this place where they had time to kill, they had to wait, the things didn't work out like they wanted them to. We have to desperately pray to Christ, to Jesus, your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. It's God who decides what the plans are. It's God who decides what the, the gifts are going to be. It's God who sets the scene, who, who enables things, who makes things possible that are beyond our possible but we have to make sure that our plans align with what God's plans are for us. And so it's my challenge to you this morning. This is something that impacted me quite deeply when I read it, and, and the only reason I bring it to you this morning is because I believe that there's people in this room right now who you may be sitting there and all of a sudden realizing that maybe your plans are your plans and they're not God's plans for your life that the things you've been dreaming of aren't actually in accordance with what he wants you to do, that you may have been ignoring voices and direction and pathways that God's opened up for you, and you've said, actually, I don't really like that because I ain't going to get rich out of that. I'm going to go do this. And, and if there's one thing I know that is so important is that we've received God, we, we know that he loves us, but our lives need to be aligned with his will. Our lives need to go his way, not our way. And so if that's you this morning, you're here, and, and, and I just want to have a private moment. I don't want to do anything big, crazy up the front, but I reckon that God wants to come into this place and, I guess, meet with us as we realize maybe that we need to change things up a little bit. If you're here this morning, and that's you, just with every person in this room's eyes closed, and you're like, my plans need to align with God's plans, I just want you to chuck your hand up where you are. Awesome. Quite a few people with their hands up. Keep them up. Is anyone else wants to say, that's me this morning? God, my plans are not where they should be. I need to align with you. Awesome. Anyone else? Cool, you can chuck your hands down there. I'm going to pray this morning and and it's not just going to be me praying from the front. I really believe that God wants to come in and, and do something. The Holy Spirit wants to move through this place this morning. And so if, if you put your hand up, I'm not going to ask you to come down the front or stand up, but I'm going to start praying real hard because this is a moment for you and God. And if you didn't put your hand up this morning, 
then I want you to start praying for the people who put their hands up and, and praying that God will come in right now and, and just get into their heart and show them the way, maybe show them the way forward, whatever it is you need to pray for them. But we're really going to let God do something in this place this morning. So let's pray. God, I thank you that you give us just such a richness of understanding and knowledge out of your word. God, that yeah, the Bible is just such a, a, a great thing for us to be able to read and get to know you better. And God, I thank you that you showed us this thing about plans, God, about our plans and your plans. And God, there's truth in the thing that we need to wait and there's, there's truth that we need to get going with what you want us to do now without waiting for the big thing. But God, I pray for everyone that's put their hands up right now. God, who may have realized this morning that actually their plans aren't yeah, aligned with what you want to do just yet, that maybe the uh, plans for me rather than you, God. And God, if there's anything that I know that I want for me, that I want for your church here this morning, God, is that we go your way and not our way. God, that your plans are the things that we're running after, not ours. And so, God, I pray for every person that put their hand up, God, that right now they'd feel your presence. Holy Spirit, you come in like a flood. God, and you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't convict, you wouldn't be horrible, but you do what you do, which is encourage and build up and bring light. So, Father God, for every person to put their hand up, God, that they would know your love right now, God. God, and that they'd know that you've got more in store for them, that you've got plans and purposes for them that are bigger than what they experienced before, God, bigger than what they dreamt, Father God. And God, that you'd give them the courage right now to, to turn into those directions that you've laid out for them. God, I pray your blessing on them, Father God, as they journey after you, God, and for everyone else in this room right now, God. God, I don't know if everyone's quite, God, God, I know I'm still trying to work out what your plans are for me, but God, I know that with everything I've got, I want to serve you, God, and I pray that the same would be for all of us, not just as individuals, but as CFC, God, that as we stand in the waiting room, potentially, as we're waiting for your promises to be fulfilled, God, that we wouldn't be sitting back on our hands, but God, that we would be running forward, seeking the welfare of the city you've put us in, Father God, that we would be doing life your way, Father God. God, that through just our simply living, God, working for the welfare of our city, God, that we'd see a change in our society, God, a change in our community, God, a change in our lives, God. Holy God, I pray you take a hold of us this morning, God. A hold of our dreams, a hold of our plans, a hold of our future, God. God, that would only see your way, God, and it would run after with everything we've got. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Good. Did anyone like, like that? That's cool. Did anyone... <laughs> Did anyone feel that? Like, I don't know, I felt, when I read that thing from Francis Chandler, probably a couple of months back now, it was sort of like, it blew me away a bit. Like, it got me right there, and I was like, ooh, Dave. <laughs>